I, listen, I, you don't you don't have to sell me on Kanye's credentials, right? Like I got you. Like I know, I know. I, honestly, I'm just adding it to the tattoo on my back, which is a list of all of his credentials. Like I know, but I don't. I just don't want him. I don't want him considered in the category for Christian music. This is the absurd journey of three church planners reintroducing familiar ideas in unfamiliar ways. This is the Bless Up Podcast. Welcome back. This is episode four of the Bless Up Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Rachel Hunka, here with James Thomas Talbert and Corey Hunka. Um, during this podcast, we take familiar ideas and discuss them in potentially unfamiliar ways. And what we're going to be doing today is looking at the topic of finishing well. Finishing well. And what we mean by that is um, figuring out how to exit well, because for most of us, for most of us in our lives, we're going to have to figure out how to quit something at some point in time. Most of us are not going to be in the same job, in the same location, in the same place, the same whatever um, from now until we die. You usually at some point are going to have to figure out how to quit something. And so we want to figure out how to do that well. Um, so what I want to ask first today is let's just talk about times when we knew we had to leave something, we knew we had to quit something, but we were either too afraid to do it or just didn't know how to do it, and man, we just blew it up because we didn't do it well. College? <laughs> <laughs> or any form of education, right? Like you get to that point in the semester where you're just like, Man, whatever. C ain't that bad. Like C is good degrees. <laughs> a D. If I get a D, do I have to take the course over? No bet. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. I think that hits on like that hits on a reality of like my journey, at least. Like when it's time to leave for me, normally like that comes with like a deep unhealth. Like up until this point in my journey, like. I feel like this is the first time that I'm, like, leaving something, like a current situation I'm in, like, that I'm leaving something with, like, actual health. And, like, with health, it's causing me to, like, not want to, like, give the minimum to the situation and not want to burn bridges and, like, not procrastinate. But, man, in, like, seasons of unhealth, like, leaving is always, like, associated with like what is the minimum requirement that it takes like what's the d yeah like what do i have to do to get a d in yep. leaving this place yep like what do i have to do and if i can just get that d boom yep. i get the degree and i can leave <laughs> exactly that's it. It, it, it it shouldn't be that but it just it's just an all reality like i mean I'm, I'm i'm thinking of specific all-nighters that that ah. you and i pulled yeah man uh you know in in college where, you know, you start at like 8, 9, 10 p.m. And you're like, dude, we're like this whole thing. Like we're going to get every ounce of work done. And then around one or two, you're like, ah, OK, if I could just get to like this point. And then around like three or four, you're like, all right, how much of this do I really have to get done? Like and that's because your body 
is unhealthy, then your body is deprived of sleep. It is supposed to be asleep, but it's not asleep. So your body is responding more than your brain and your heart are responding. Yeah, but like I remember because I was not in school when you guys were in school. And I remember, I know, it's fine. You whatever you married me. Um, anyways, <laughs> I remember when you when you guys would be starting your all nighters. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this, but I remember because I would be getting ready to go to bed. Mm-hmm. And what I feel like I saw you guys do is you knew you had this looming thing that you had to do, <laughs> and it would be like five, six, seven o'clock, and you'd be like, "Ooh, we got to get started." But before you would get started. You would go get something fat yeah. and we fill your food. bodies with trash. <laughs> because back then, the Big Macs, if you bought, you remember this? If you yeah, bought man. a Big Mac, the second Big Mac was like cent. a quarter. Ugh, it, can't pass that up. It's it's the stress impulse that you engage before you begin to engage the process. So you filled yourself with trash, yeah. and then you're engaging this hard process. And in doing so... You got nothing but crap to pour out yeah. as you're trying to do something difficult. It's the same. It's the same in life. Like when you get stressed like that, what your your unhealthy stress impulses take over before you actually start engaging what you should have been. So then by that point, you feel like garbage and you don't really care. And you're like, a D is fine. I think I think for me, the the hard thing to answer, you know, about this, you know, leaving well and, and leaving with health as opposed to leaving unhealthy is like, I mean, the health and unhealth is, is so important because I think therein lies your answer on whether on like why you're why you're leaving. Um, I, I think the hardest thing for me is recognizing when it's time to leave. Mm. <laughs> so like so like my wiring Right. I run, I run a couple tensions, right? So like naturally I'm forward thinking, I'm always looking to the future. I'm always looking at what's next. So I run a tension on one hand of leaving something too early because I see something new, shiny, mm-hmm. exciting on the horizon that has yet to be, you know, has yet to be fulfilled. And so I'm like, all right, how quickly can I get out of this situation so I can go over there and be in that situation? Uh, but also, um, <clears throat> I think to a fault, sometimes I'm also, I'm also a pretty loyal person. Um, and Sometimes I want there are particular people that I always or particular situations, I should say, that I always want to believe the best about. And that makes it difficult. Sometimes then the other tension I run is I miss the the uh, the obvious signs of like it's it's time to go. Right. Like because I'm busy justifying the things that are happening like, no, like it, you know, it can change or. Uh, you know, like that's not really how that went. Right. And I'm not, I'm not actually open to, to leaving. And so I miss the window of, of leaving and therefore don't leave. Well, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. No, nah, man, that makes, that makes a whole ton of sense. That makes a whole ton of sense. And I can, yeah. I'm thinking of a particular situation at a place that I worked at and that I was involved in like for a long time, like, especially in my young life, like a third of it now. Hmm. Yeah. All of my working life. Mm. And the reality is like, I think the thought fo- and the folly of my youth, I thought that I could change that place. 
So, like, in my heart of hearts, like, I knew I should leave. The people around me knew I should leave. Like, but I just had, like, this pride that, like, no, this situation can change. And, like, I can change this situation. And that, like, kept me from leaving. But, man, Maya Angelou says it best, like, when people show you who they are, believe them. Mm. Like, like, believe them. Yeah. And, like, I... <clears throat> Yeah, if I could go back to my 23-year-old self, there would be a big, like, hey, bro, it's me. I know I got out of shape. Sorry, but get out of there. Bounce. <laughs> Believe me. Yeah. Trust me, G. Get out of there. And keep running. And I mean that literally because like, otherwise, you know. Like, keep keep running literally yeah. and physically. <laughs> yeah. Like, keep running. Peace, yeah. bro. Yeah. I, sometimes I wish, I genuinely wish, though, like, I wish season, we always, we call everything seasons, right? Like, oh, this season of, like, I'm, you know, that was a season, whatever, whatever. I wish seasons would change as abruptly and harshly as they do in the great state of Ohio. <laughs> like, then I'd know, like, I go outside in the morning, I'm like, hey, it's time to put on a jacket. And for the next six to eight months, it will be time to keep on that jacket. I wish it was that obvious, right? But it's not. Mm -hmm. It's not. Like, so that's where it starts for me is like, recognizing when the season has changed and recognizing when it's time, when it's time to go. Again, if I could go back and talk to like my 23 year old self, like, yeah, I think it was, it was a mixture of like pride and fear that helped me back from actually like leaving when I knew I should have left. It was the pride of me thinking that like I could change I could change an organization that was long that had been around longer than I had been alive that I had, that I could like influence leaders who had a ton of influence like mm -hmm. in our area but it was also fear it was also fear like yep well man like I know this place like I get a consistent paycheck like yep. if I strike out like I'm going to have to start all over relationally I'm going to have to network again if i go to a new area like what is that gonna yep. what is that gonna mean and it was that fear and yeah i wish i could go back and be like bro you'll be all right like yeah it's like that place like college for a lot of people like your hometown for a lot of people like literal home for some people uh becomes like your security blanket right like it becomes like i don't know what i do or who i am outside of that and so like i don't want to I don't want to let go of that or I don't want to move on, move on past that. Uh, and so we don't know, we don't know how to, how to get out of it. We don't know what to do. Like what, what would I do if I didn't have blank, you know, um, that's so difficult and it can, I think that's probably in my experience, the most common way people, including myself, don't leave well is like you hold like you hold on too long because of self-preservation. Self-preservation uh, sucks. Well, let's talk for a second about um, leadership positions that you have to leave. So I'm not talking like uh, like you work at a university or you, you're um, a captain for a team or something and the next season comes around and so – somebody else's cat. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like actual, like real life leadership positions that God calls you beyond any shadow of a doubt to leave 
but you get stuck in this in this back and forth pull of like your people giving you a hard time because uh, they don't understand. Um, and then the guilt of like, but what happens if I leave them all, like all of that kind of stuff. Um, cause I know I'm thinking specifically about, um, a situation that I did not leave well. Um, and that is, I, I led for years, um, a missional community out of my house and I knew, I knew that God was taking me out of that. Um, but the people that I was leading um, whether whether their own perceptions um, of me or fault in my own leadership, it did not go well when that group ended and when I had to transition out. And when I look back on that now, like for years I beat myself up over that and I was upset about it. But I look back and I realize people only taught me how to lead. They never taught me how to leave. And so if I were looking back at myself, I know there's a whole ton of things that I would have to say um, to me, probably changes in the way I, in the way I led the group, which would have made the exit easier. Um, but I don't know what, um, what would you say? What would you say to uh, maybe your younger self or what would you say to somebody who is in a position of leadership and know that God is calling them somewhere else? Um, advice in, in, I don't know, exiting. I watched the greatest exit I've ever seen in my life. And it wasn't the first time he had done it. Like, it was the second time he had done it. And it was an incredible exit. Uh, man, shout out, big homie Jim College. Mm. I know you're never going to listen, but <laughs> shout out, big homie. Father in the faith, shout out. So he came to our church and he like came under the auspice of like, I'm coming here for a time to find a successor and I'm going to find that successor and I'm going to leave them in the best possible situation I can. And what you consistently seen from him, like was this present leadership that was matched with this like intentional, like future, like, the whole time he's like, yeah, I'm here right now and I'm going to like structurally fix things that are wrong, but I'm going to do it in a way that leaves room for someone else to come in with their particular giftings and talents and abilities and lead this boat forward because I'm not the person who's going to lead it forward. And I think we should all enter positions of leadership in the same way because the reality is like we hope the organizations that we're a part of like far outlast us yeah, and far outreach our leadership abilities and capacities. And what he did the whole time was like, he didn't only train like his, his successor, but like there were others who he was training like along the same time. Like I like structurally as a preacher, like without that dude, like sitting with me and like me watching him, like he taught me how to exegete in ways that like, yeah, ways that he'll never understand. So he wasn't only, he was training people and training what was next the whole time. So when it was time for him to leave, everybody's in position and everybody's ready. And I think for us to work in a way and live in a way where, like, we realize that, like, hey, 
this thing is not about us. This thing is about what God is doing. So as people who are stewarding what God is doing rather than like building who we are, building what we're yep. doing, we're building people like we're working ourselves out of jobs constantly. Yep. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is the key to leaving well is building a culture that's not built on one person or personality. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, that's that's a that's a big key that and and working yourself out of a job are, are big, key, big keys, big keys. I think. Um, you know, the, the, the scary thing for, uh, for me, uh, you know, going a little bit back to the, to the self-preservation thing, I think is learning for me, learning not to take my leadership or leadership position like too seriously almost. Right. Because ultimately, ultimately people are God's responsibility. You know, hopefully what I'm building is something that actually God is building, you know, and like God is orchestrating, God is ordaining, God is anointing. And if that is the case, if that's really like what we're doing, then it's it's my responsibility to be a good steward while I'm here. But it's not my responsibility to concern myself with what happens after I leave. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. like it's, it's, you know, it, it sounds harsh to say that, right? But like we, we constantly ask the questions like, well, if I stop doing this, who's going who's gonna to do it? And it sounds harsh to say, not your problem, right? Like that's not your problem. God has something else for you. But what oftentimes I think I don't take seriously enough is that while I recognize that God has something else for me, and so I need to move into that, that also means that God has something else for them. Like God has something else for the people that I was once influencing, and he'll take care of that. You know, like that's, that's, that's for him, and I need to trust that he will do that. And I think, I think especially earlier on, early on in leadership, I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't do it. I'm not even, I didn't do it well. I also didn't do it, period. <laughs> like, I just didn't. You know, I think, um, I think this is bringing up, um, I don't know, maybe this is a bunny trail, but um, there's so much of a culture that doesn't get exposed until it gets scattered. What I mean by that, when you when you look at Genesis 11 and the Tower of Babel, on a first glance, the dangers of casual reading, right? You read that passage and you think, well, the people were united. They were working towards something together. They understood each other. They were building a great tower. What's wrong with building a great tower, they were all working together. They said they were doing it because they wanted to get closer to God, right? So what about the Tower of Babel is bad? But when God scatters and when he exposes culture, like what you realize is that, yeah, they said they want to build a tower. They they are united. They are working together. But what they're saying is, and, and it says specifically in the NLT translation, it's just one little line, but if you miss it, you miss it. You miss everything. It says this will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. Their motivation in building the tower, their motivation, fame but in their fear. culture, yes, fame was fame. Yes, fame and fear. And it, and 
you miss that if you read it over too quickly and you don't understand what God is doing. The same thing I think happens when leaders are moved. A lot of times I feel like you don't realize the culture that was built until the leader leaves. You don't realize what the underlying motivations were. You don't realize what's actually happening until the leader is left and you're left with the wreckage. What I inadvertently did in my immature leadership with that missional community in my home, I didn't train anybody to teach. I constantly did the teaching. I constantly developed the series. I didn't bring other people into what we were doing. And what I had no idea I did was I built a community that was entirely dependent on my voice. I didn't know I was doing that. I had, I'd never led anything in my life. I didn't do it on purpose, but that's what I did. I created a culture entirely around myself. And I think the same thing happens today when we see these giant empires that get built and then the leader exits for one reason or another. Maybe it's maybe it's a bad reason. Maybe they're called somewhere else. Maybe they did something that got exposed. But we don't see we don't see the toxicity until the leader leaves and they, they don't end up exiting well because they've built that thing on fame and fear. Mm-hmm. So what happens <clears throat> what happens when it goes the other way, right? Like what happens what happens when that's that's when you're when you're concerned about when you're actually concerned, right? Mm -hmm. What happens when you do what I've done, which is like when you're not concerned, when you're like, Ooh, that's cool over there. I'm actually going to go do that over there. Right? Like, how do you, um, like what happens when you move too fast? How do you, how do you guard against, you know, like, so, so, you know, go, go back to the, go back to the college, uh, analogy, right? Let's say you get your job offer, in January, February, how do you, how do you finish that semester? Well, you know, let's say you get, you get, you know, God is moving in this direction, right? I know in all likelihood the next season that God has for me to move in. How do I finish in this season right here? Well, see it through to completion without just going ahead and jump into the next thing. Yeah, man. So, like, Colossians 3, like, talks about, like, working heartily as if you're working to the Lord. So, like, in all things that you do, like, work as if you're working to the Lord. A few years ago, that verse hit me way different because, like, it just hit me and I felt the Lord speaking to, like, to me. And it was like, hey, do the things that you don't want to do as if you're doing them unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like, do the things that are hard. Do the things that may seem like, yeah, may seem like beneath you, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you're doing them unto the Lord. And the reality is like a wise woman once said like no time, nothing's ever wasted in God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like in his kingdom, no time, no experience, no situation is ever wasted. And the reality is like God is moving in every situation and he has something for people who were serving and for us to get out of that situation. So we should work even when we know that there's something else coming as if we're working unto the Lord. And in situations in my life when I've done that, it's built bridges and those bridges always like come back to, to benefit whatever I'm doing or like yep. in my life, it comes back to benefit someone else because I'm able to like put somebody else on or connect someone else to the great work that was happening in that situation that I had to leave. Yep. 
but because I didn't burn a bridge, I'm able to say like, Hey man, like I know, I know a guy, I know someone else and I'm able to make a connection. Whereas if I just like burn that bridge and was like, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm gonna look for the D I'm going to do yep. the minimum. Then like that bridge is not there. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was with, uh, one of the things I know, I know about my wife Oh boy! is that she always feels better about her day and about life in general when the house is clean. Oh, absolutely. Right. So I ended up kind of, you know, kind of getting into into a little uh, disagreement with our middle child the other day um, because Rachel, um, you know, our house had just worked hard to clean the house, to have the house tidy. Right. And then I'm watching, I'm sitting there and I'm watching as my middle child is starting to play, get, she gets stuff out and she, and she starts playing in one area. Right. Then as, as all children do, they have short attention spans. And so she decides I'm going to go play with something else. So she leaves everything that she's playing with. She gets up and she goes into another room and she comes back with more stuff and plays in a different area. Now we have two areas that are effectively dirty, but only one of them is actively in use, right? And as I went to like say something to her, I realized like oh like it just hit me in a different way. Like I I it what came to me was so much of exactly what you were saying when I'm like, dude, like when we just get up and leave mm-hmm. the situation that we're in because we're bored or something hurt us or I just, and I think, I think actually I need to go over there. Like for whatever reason, when we just get up and leave and just go over there, like it's, it create, we leave behind us a mess mm-hmm. and that mess might be somebody else's problem, but ultimately it's going to set off an effect where somebody else is going to come into the house and I'm pointing at Rachel, like somebody else is going to come into the house and we're all going to have a bad day now (laughs) because now she's having a bad day, Mm -hmm. you know, and now we're all having a bad day. Like we don't consider like the chain reaction that that's going to set off. Like, man, it's just a block. It's just over there. Like, and bro, like that, that hits in like different ways because the reality of most situations that I've been in is like after I'm out of them, the grass is never greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. Like the deficiency in the situation was more often than not the situation. And it was me like there you yep. are, where you are, like there you are is where you are. Like you can't outrun yourself. So like for me, like if I'm like underperforming in a situation or if I'm impatient in a situation or if I'm unhappy in a situation, yep. No situation is going to make me happy. That's inner work that I have to do. That's right. Mm-hmm. And most times when I do that inner work and when I'm willing to, like, do that, I realize, oh, the situation is not that bad. And I honor the situation and the people and the space. And when it's time for God to, like, move me to something else, then I'm able to, like, healthily, like, step into something else. Yep. Because, yeah, every time I've left something where I'm like, man, like, the grass is going to be greener on the other side. No, nah, like, it's not the grass that yeah. needs to be greener. It's my heart <laughs> needs yes. to change. I need water yeah. And, yeah. And, good, problem, and good sustenance. The right. problem with you is that you go with you wherever you go. Mm. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, like, I can't just get up and leave and then my situation is better when the problem, when the problem was 
was me. I think I think that's something that that you know that I would encourage I would encourage people to pick up is like when you know the 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 kingdom of God is already but not yet. Mm-hmm. Right? Your situation is already but not yet. That's a word. And whatever it is that God is leading you to is already but not yet. It's already done. The vision he gave you is already accomplished. The the the, the picture that he showed you, the direction that he nudged you, it's already done. He's already he's already won that. He's already got that. He's already set that. That is that is what it is. That is what is going to come to pass. But also it's not yet. And so we have to begin to adapt a discipline and a posture. I think it's more of a posture than it is a discipline. A posture of what not only what would the Lord have me do here and now, understanding that it contributes to where I'm going, not only what, what would the Lord have me do here and now, but if the Lord showed me that and it's ahead of me, like that means I'm not... I'm not there yet. So what is it about me that the Lord wants me to get ready? Like, what is it about me that needs to adjust? What is it about me that needs to, that I need to get up on? Because if he's showing me something that's down the road, like it's waiting on me. I'm not waiting on it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's the posture we have to have. It's like the Lord is not like, we're not waiting on the Lord. The Lord is waiting on us to get there. And so, like, what is it about me that that he that he wants to develop or work on uh, to get me there? Mm-hmm. We're we're getting close to time here, and there's um, one thing I want to make sure we talk about in this topic um, before we close out for this episode. Um, now, you guys are both certified leader con- leadership consultants for Giant, and Something I've heard you say before is that the majority of the culture is nurturers. And I think a big... The biggest of the five voices, that's the biggest populist group. It's 43%. Yes. So it's... Yeah. Yes. So yeah. that is that is the majority... Or, well, 43% is under 50, but you see what I'm saying. The most, yeah. most people um, fall under that leadership voice. So when we're talking about exiting well... Um, those nurturers are going to gauge the culture. They're going to they're going to be the thermometer, checking the temperature of the room, um, able to empathize the most, um, able to pick up what's happening, um, and speak into what's needed in those times of transition to make people feel comfortable. How can people who are leaving? How can they engage the nurturers? to make that transition period smoother because nurturers, the, the other thing I've learned from you guys is that their tendency is not to speak up, but they, I would argue are the most valuable voice in a transition period. So how would you talk a little bit about that? Talk about nurturers, talk about engaging them, um, what that looks like in a transition. Yeah. I think what's important with nurturers in a transition or what's important with people in general is like, Yeah when you lead with people versus like lead over people, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, people, and if you're leading with people, you know, who needs a personal touch. 
So you know who needs a personal conversation. You know who needs a personal card. You know who needs, like, an intentional explanation of what God is doing. And in those situations, like, nurturers are present thinkers. They think in, like, the present. They Mm -hmm. don't think in the future. Right. And that's, like, a good thing. That's not a knock. Like, we need people who, like, look right around and say this is what's presently happening Mm -hmm. versus this what could be. Like, it's what is versus what could be. And I think with nurturers, like, it's incredibly important to, like, not only, like, assure them and, like, the importance of their voice, the importance that they've, like, personally been, but to cast vision of the future to nurturers and to say that, like, hey, like, in the same way that, like, I was called here for a time in a particular season and God had something for us in this season, like, God is calling another person to, like, be in my spot. And that means God has something else that's different than me in this season. And ultimately, like, me or this other person is not the most important person, like, in this. Jesus is. And Jesus never leaves and never forsakes us. And he fuels and enables everything that happens in this in this anyway. So I think it's like, yeah, it's it's the personal touch and the assurance. So nurturers, <clears throat> nurturers are the champions of relational harmony. So you want them on your side. Mm-hmm. Like you want them on your side. You don't want to just be like, oh, they're just, you know, they're, they're, they're going to, they're going to feel some type of way about this either way. So I'm not even going to worry about it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to move on. That's my, that's my negative tendency because uh-huh. as a, as a pioneer, the nurturer is my, is, is my nemesis voice. So that's my tendency is to just be like, you know what, just leave them in the dark and you know, whatever, it'll be fine. Um, but you're not going to get anywhere that way. Uh, you're not going to make any type type of progress that way. I think, you know, for um, when engaging the nurture is is, is important when it um, when it comes to the fact that they are, like you said, like they are present minded. So so if I'm making the decision to to move on they are going to intuitively feel how people will react now. But they also like they also can understand where you're coming from and why this is important to you. And so it's important for them to like it's it sounds bad saying it like this, like get them on your side, right? But but it's it's important for you to share your heart with people. And let people see that this isn't this isn't something that's done out of unhealth. This isn't something that's done out of uh, laziness or being burnt out or any of those things. Like this is like this is a heart decision. And nurtures track with heart decisions. Like they get it. You know, they get it. And so um, even though it has consequences and things are going to be hard for a little while and now the future is uncertain it's a heart decision you know and so they they understand heart decisions so if you are if you are listening to this and you are a nurturer or you're an empath or if you're an enneagram too um say that empath Empath? that's how you say that yeah Uh, i was today years old (laughs) you're welcome for that Anyways, if that is you, if that is you, what I want you to hear, what I want you to hear from what we're talking about today um, is that if your leader is exiting, 
if you are experiencing any sort of transition in your life, um, a transition where uh, you feel like it's being forced on you, like you got to have no say in this and somebody that you value is taking a new job or a leader's leaving or anything like that, what I want you to hear is that you need to tell that leader how you're feeling um, because A, they can handle it, but B, there's probably a lot of people around you feeling that as well, and you are going to help that transition go smoother if you, in a healthy way, share with your leader, hey, here's here's what I'm hearing, here's what I'm feeling, and I want you to still be loved when you leave, so let me help you do this well because this is what I'm hearing around me. Because nurturers, your voice is so important, and it's genuinely helpful in times of transition. So none of us are the experts on exiting well. Um, we're all fairly young in our careers. We've actually been um, on the receiving end of more leaders leaving than we have ever transitioning or ending something. Um, but but we all have such experience with that. that that's just something that we wanted to talk about today um, because, it, I mean, for us, it's stuff that um, I know I wish I had known when I was stepping out of leadership positions. And I know for all of us, um, there's things that we could have done to help leaders in our lives uh, do a better job at exiting. And so um, hopefully something in that sits with you and uh, we'll see you in two weeks for episode five. What's up?